Welcome to the Film Coterie. I am Roger. I am Adam. And this is episode number 24. And we're back in our home base. Yes, here in the home office in Columbus, Ohio. And it is for the week of September the 8th, 2017, featuring tonight's main review of It by Stephen King. And we'll get to that in just a little bit, won't we, Adam? Yes, we will. <laughs> All right, Adam. So what's going on, man? It's good to be back. And uh, yeah, what's happening, man? We're fresh back from Days of the Dead. Yes, we and are. And if you stop by to see us at our booth, thank you. Yes. We did a little thing where we had people win movies. You could also win other things like a shout out or you could put something in our bag of shame. Right. So we were going to randomly draw this, but I'm going to cheat. We had someone come up to us and tell us kind of an inspiring story about their Facebook page. It belonged to someone else. But we do want to mention it, and I'll put links on our Facebook news post. Yes. So Sandy Patton won a shout-out from us, and she wanted us to direct some traffic towards a page called Rise Up Chelsea. Okay. I briefly looked through it. Um, it looks like Chelsea's on the road to recovery from an accident. So this is a, an inspiring Facebook page to her, and we will, we will share the link. And we want to tell you, Chelsea, we hope you rise up. Awesome. So there's your shout out. And yes, Chelsea, rise up and uh, recover. And uh, maybe somebody from the family or the Facebook page can get back in touch with us and let us know how things are going. Yeah, so, definitely. Absolutely. What else is happening, you know, with uh, news and notes? Anything exciting? We don't, you know, we've been so busy. There ain't really any news. There's news, but we haven't really got the news going for this week. Eh, Star Wars is pulling a page from the DC universe and kicking directors off things. Yeah. So Colin, Colin Trevor, I was no longer directing episode well, nine. I, I would have to say you saw that handwriting on the wall. A long I did. Time I ago. did the summer when <laughs> Book of Henry came out. I said, uh oh, that's not going to be good. And Star Wars may kick them off. They don't want another Josh Trank situation. Right. Who was also kicked off a movie. Yeah. Absolutely. We don't know who's directing yet. Rumor is it could be Ryan Johnson, which I'd be hopeful for, hopeful for to happen because he's directing episode eight. Maybe an easy transition over. So, yeah, awesome. We'll see. We'll announce when they come up with a new director, but yeah. no one as of yet. But but it is it is uh, um, exciting. We're getting another Star Wars movie this year, and that's coming up before we know it. And then another in six months. They haven't moved Han Solo yet. I'd hey. still be surprised if it comes out in May. I will be shocked if it comes out in May. But it's still sitting on that date. But we'll see. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's good to be back in the home base here. And um, uh, I really enjoyed the time at Days of the Dead. We'll talk a little bit about that, you know, some more later. If you are just happen to be tuning in and this is your first time to catch our podcast, Adam, let our listening audience know a little bit about our format, who we are and what we do and all that good stuff and, you know, because uh, I'm hoping we'll get a little bump. Some of our friends from Days of the Dead might be checking us out for the first time. Yeah, we do want to say hello to all the new listeners. We are a general movie podcast. We, yes, we're at a horror convention because <laughs> that is I, I dragged Roger there. I'm the horror buff. I'm the expert. I said, you got to come do this with me once. But we're a general podcast, and I, I push as much horror into this as I can. But we cover all things. We're not limited. Yeah. And every Thursday night, we go and uh, try to have dinner when we can together. But after dinner, right around 7 o'clock, we see that a new release for that week. Or if there's not a really a good new release, maybe something we missed the week before. But something relatively brand new. We try to see it, give you kind of a hot take. If we're really excited about the movie, we even do a spoiler cast. We've got some of those in our backlogs. 
Actually, those are quite popular, to be honest yeah, with you. the you spoiler know, casts are. Our spoiler casts, uh, folks really like those. But we're just two normal guys, and um, you know, I love classic Hollywood, old Hollywood. Um, my favorite decade of Hollywood movies is the 30s from the 1900s. So that that'll tell you a little bit about where I am. But I enjoy all of cinema, uh, everything from comedy to horror to sci-fi, fantasy to drama, documentary. I like it all. I really enjoy all of film. And uh, so we hope that between the two of us and our occasional partner, Matt, when he's able to be here with us, Matt likes the weird and the obscure. And so between the three of us, I think we get a good balance and a good mix of kind of just the everyday common man's perspective on movies and here's the thing too if you're new to our podcast is i'm the host that attends film festivals and i have some things coming up so i'll be covering fantastic fest here at the end of the month and then in october there's a horror movie fest here in columbus called nightmares film fest so i will be covering and reporting from those if you follow me on social media i usually tweet out my my thoughts in 140 characters or less and then give more in-depth discussions on this podcast. Yes. One of the things that I'm endeavoring to do in the future is to write some more reviews of films. It's just the time. It's just so crazy. This is not our full-time job. We have regular jobs that we do. And, uh, man, finding the time. I'd love to sit down and write out some more in-depth reviews. Because when you do a hot take like this, you don't really get the chance to mill out. I mean, I've got a lot of things from it tonight that's just kind of swirling around in my head, you know. Um, but I'd like to be able to sit down and put that to thought, you know, to pen and uh, maybe write out a little bit long, just write out kind of a more in, in-depth in review of the films, you know. So I'm hoping to do that yeah. here. And know? I'm excited for that because actually written film criticism is my favorite. I read tons of it all week long. I know it's a sin. I do a podcast, but I'd much rather read film criticism in the written word yeah. than watch it or listen to it. So I'm eager for you to do that, too. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'd like to jump right into it, if we can. So We can. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to The Film Coterie. We'll be right back with our Thursday night review of It. When you're a kid, I think the universe revolves around you. They think that you'll always be protected and cared for. Then, one day, you realize that's not true. Because when you're alone as a kid, the monsters see you as weaker. You don't even know they're getting closer. it's too late. Here. Take it. My grandfather thinks this town is cursed. That all the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing. An evil thing. All right, we are fresh back from the theater in our first viewing of the new It. Uh, If you know me, I've been waiting for this for some time. There's been two trailers, both were good, and I had pretty high hopes going in. Early word of mouth was pretty positive from test screenings, and critics started seeing it as early as Tuesday of this week. And again, positive 
positive vibes. Um, Roger, what what was your hype or expectation level for this movie? Well, um, before I get into that, let's just in case there's somebody under a rock that does not know what it is. It. What the, is it? The movie It. Uh, it is a Stephen King adapt- adaptation, um, and it's a group of bullied kids that band together. The Losers Club. Yeah, when a monster taking the appearance of a clown begins hunting children. So that's kind of the IMD quick one sentence, you know, the elevator pitch kind of a deal. So In its prior life, it's a thousand-page book, thousand-page plus. Yep. And it was a 1990 miniseries on ABC with Tim Curry. That's the version most people are familiar with. Right. And I, I've seen the original uh, miniseries. I think I caught parts of it back uh, when it first came out, like 90, 1990? 1990. Yeah. 27 years ago. Yeah. That's that's just weird. I'm sorry. That's just weird. That ties into the story, in case you're wondering why I'm bringing that up as a point. That's a very yes. important point. Absolutely. Um, my initial reactions, uh, I enjoyed it. It's fun. Um you know, I you know, I, it, this is not a movie that you go to to be like psychologically all weirded out and messed up and totally really scared. Scared. Um, it's got a typical eighties teen young coming of age. It takes place in eighty eight. Yeah, eighty eight, eighty nine, and it, it's a kind of stand by me feels what I came out, which is also a Stephen King, you know, um, story. It's just got that feel to it. You know, Stephen King books and adaptations and movies and his stuff ha- kind of has this just, it's a, it's got King flavor. I don't know what else you would say to it. It's yeah. not, you know, there were some uh, good jump scares and, um, you know, a few other things that were, that were, you know, was good. I mean, there's some, a lot of little nuance in the film, you know, that, you know, you really kind of got to. Probably multiple viewings, you'd see a lot more, I guess you would There's say. There's a lot hidden in here for, as far as Easter eggs. Yeah. I started picking up on some. I'm probably going to see this again this weekend, and I'll be looking for more. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I did enjoy the film. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it. Um, and if you're not familiar with this property, if you've never seen it, never read the book, don't even know what it's about, if you like Stranger Things on Netflix from last year and the second season's coming out in a month, this is up your alley too. Yeah, it's an exact Stranger Things kind of feel to it. Uh, yeah, except yeah. for Stranger Things is more of a Stephen King feel, I would argue. Right. <laughs> Even though people in the theater were like, they just ripped off Stranger Things with it, and I was yeah. like, are you serious? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, but no, I liked it. How about you? I loved it. I was so happy with this. Um, I don't think this is kind of like seeing the Lord of the Rings the first time that you could make a better adaptation of the material than this. I don't even know where you would improve it. All the kid actors are across the board great. I mean, this is one of the best groups of kid actors I've seen, you know, since the yeah. 80s and the Goonies yeah, and that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I don't want to nitpick the film, but how do I, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to put it in my, it, it seemed like, that maybe there there's kind of a a beat to these films, you know, and um, it's kind of and I don't know if this gets into spoilers or not. Just wave your hands at me, tell me to shut up if it does. But like you know, it's like you know the scares are all the same kind of scare in this movie. Yeah, 
there's a quantity here that comes in the book that, that is in a movie that I'm not used to seeing. Right. There are so many scenes. It's it's awesome because there Pennywise takes different appearances. Right. That's known. It's it's kind of like you go from one scary room, you get out. Oh, safe. Okay. Then now here's the next scary room. Here's the next scary room. Here's the you know the yeah, next. It feels scary like room. a ride. Yeah. And um, yeah, it does kind of feel like a ride. Yeah, I would say so. And there's not a lot of safe areas for these kids. And that's what's kind of interesting, because there's a lot of movies where the first night happens, well, yeah, and yeah. once daylight happens, you know you're in an easy spot. But Pennywise is coming for them nonstop. And, and, and think about it. The overall theme, it's, no, it's not a secret. People were even shouting it out at our theater today. The theme of the movie is fear, and how do you handle fear, Right. Right, and so where can you go in life where you don't get we don't you we take our fears with us wherever we go? Oh yeah. So Pennywise would show up wherever they were at. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's something different. Where other movies kind of give you a pressure release, this one's not built that way. Yep. One of the things that I thought would have been cool to explore that they kind of did. And maybe the books might have done this. I can't remember. I, well, I've never actually read. I've never actually read it. Um, but I'd be inter- I'd be interested to see if you've read the book if it does this. So you have this supernatural, scary Pennywise fear. You know what I'm saying? He he is a supernatural creature that stalks these kids. Yeah. But then they have their regular, what I would call everyday fears. You know what I'm saying? They already have them pre-existing. Yeah, they have pre-existing fears, and and it would have been nice to see. Uh, I would have liked to seen the more everyday fears balanced just a hair better with the supernatural, like a good a tug back and forth forward. You know, um, you, you know, if you were to go down, you could probably list all the kids' different fears that they had. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, I, I mean great it's a good movie. It's very, very good. Very production value is through the roof. It only I'll say only. It costs in the realm of thirty five million. Yeah, which and is it looks unbelievable. Great. Unbelievable to me. And it's um some great gr- sets. There's some great imagery, some amazing imagery in this. Um I, I don't know how much you know, I, I was in the car waiting in line at Wendy's and typing notes as fast as I could think of them. I don't know how many themes we really want to talk about, but there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, well, let me jump into this. It's an adaptation. Yeah. And there's times when you see an adaptation where you know something's coming and you lose interest because you know it's coming. King Kong's going to fall off a building. Right, yeah. In the It universe, Georgie doesn't make it past the first scene yeah he's the swimmer in jaws yeah absolutely so i mean you know that's gonna happen it's in the poster georgie's not gonna make it he kicks off the whole movie little georgie in the yellow raincoat you know that's coming but the tension they built here with the new pennywise you know this felt like uncharted territory even though it's very well charted territory sure and i really like the exchange between the two of them and pennywise is goofy but you don't find him funny because of what we know about him. I think that's the way the scene plays, and it's really interesting. Yeah, and, and played very well, I'll say that, you know? Yeah. Bill Skarsgård is Pennywise here. He's not impersonating Tim Curry. This Pennywise is its own beast. And I really like the performance all the way through. Yeah. 
as cliche as it might sound, the scene in the gutter that was in the trailer between Georgie and the clown, it's believable. I mean, before you know it, you're sucked into their dialogue. And you're tense. And, and, and you're just waiting for that, gra- that grab the kid moment, you know? And, of course, it's, you know, it happens, you know, kind of deal. So, um, no, I, I liked it a lot. I, I liked the movie a lot. Um, I would definitely recommend. If you're, if you're even a, just a casual fan of horror films, I would unequivocally recommend it. Um, if you're fans of um, Stranger Things, if you're fans of the old 80s movies, you know, um, there's a little more adult content as far as language in this than maybe... But it's coming from kids. Right. And it feels somewhat innocent because these are 13-year-old boys by themselves having exactly. their own adventures. And it feels authentic the way they're talking to each other and kind of pushing the limits of what they can do, especially with language. Right, exactly. There's no parents around. Well, th- there's, so much, there's so much coming of age. Yeah. And, all, and, and psychologically, and that's some of the themes I kind of wanted to talk about with this movie... There's all those fears that have to do with coming of age. I mean, the very first time we see is a, I think one of the first shots ever of Beverly, or there's one shot of her in the pharmacy when we first see her and what she's looking at. And it's prominently displayed on the wall. You're immediately told what her fear is in one sense. There's a fear of growing up, of not being a little girl, becoming a young woman, you know, um, you know, so, th- so there's a lot of those. I think the fears are upon multiple viewings. I think you'll start to see that the fears are multi-leveled in these kids. Um, some other commentary I thought was, where the heck was all the adults in this film? This is shot like an uh, like an old '80s movie. It's all from the kids' perspective. You know, there's no really there's adult interaction, but. I, was there one good adult parent in the whole film? Is there one person? That's- Bill's dad. He doesn't seem too far off the deep end. But this is summer. Right. We see the kids. We're introduced on the last day of school. And the story goes through August. So they have the run of the place. Their parents are presumably yeah. off working. But even Bill's dad, he's the most normal of the whole of all the parents that we see. But even him, he's try he. He's become an adult. He's an adult, and he's forgotten Georgie in one sense. He's kind of let's forget about it. I think he even says that, or let's put it in the past, or something. And there's parents like that with that kind of loss. Right? They do different ways. They may grieve, and and in no way am I trying to judge someone's the way they grieve. But one of one of Bill's fears is I'm not going to grow up to be like my dad and forget about Georgie. You know, mm-hmm. that's one of his drive. That's a driving motivation for him for the whole for the whole film. You know, which I thought was great. I thought the kid actors, you hit it right. The kid actors were great in this movie. Not a missed beat. No. And, and there's there, there's there's uh, a a chunky young teenager, young pre preteen in this movie. And normally they're only you know, when you get the little fat kid, he's only played for the laughs, right? And he's not played just for laughs. There's some really good scenes with this kid in it. And his story might have the most heart. Yes. That's, that was what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. What else from it that we, without being getting into spoilers, Adam, how about music so, score? Score was fine. It didn't really stand out to me. Um, there's great sound design in this movie. It can go quiet when it needs to go quiet. 
Um, there's good audio cues sometimes before something happens involving a painting and a woman in a painting. I really like that scene. Yes. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, cinematography. I, I like the perspective. There were several times they changed the perspective to where you went from the kids were coming at you and you became the object of their attention. I like the paintings, for example, is one. It switched over to the painting, and when the kid turned the frame, the frame went. You didn't really notice it was out of kilter too bad until he straightened the picture frame, and then now you realize, oh, okay, we're in the frame now. It's the way it's supposed to be, you know. Um, yeah, very, very good. Very I had good. to look because uh, I was curious about the cinema- cinematographer. It's actually Chung Hoon Chung who came directly off the handmaiden to this and had made look great. It was one of the best looking movies yeah. I saw last year. Now, yeah, now, now you and know, this has a very Amblin feel about it. Old Spielberg. It's very Spielberg. Neighborhoods, yes. bikes, yes. wide frames. If I was to give a tiny critique on the film, it would be almost the music seemed a little heavy handed at times because it would go from silence to, okay, now bring in the scary music because we're about to enter a room where we're going to get scared. Um, so I, I, that would be one thing I would kind of, I mean, the, it, it's beautifully shot. The imagery in it is gorgeous in this film. Um, but I, the music at times, it's, it puts you into this beat or rhythm to where you're expecting, it's quiet and I'm like, okay, any minute the music, I'm expecting in my head, okay, here comes the scary music. I shouldn't be thinking in my head, here comes the scary music. Does that make sense, you know? So if I and there's no strong theme to the music. It's not right. like I could hear it and go, oh, that's from It. It's not Halloween. Yes. It's not anything that has a strong unifying theme. There's none yeah. of that. It's just a score. So, so if I'm going to knock it for anything, it might be a little bit of the music. Uh, I might knock it for that. And just a hair, a little bit of kind of the same scared tactic, only a little different, kind of over and over and over some. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like, okay, we're... we're What's behind this door? And then, okay, now we're going to the next kid. What's behind this door kind of thing? And it's hard to write around that. I mean, I thought yeah. about it, but these are the kids' fears. That's how we're learning about them. That's how we're seeing how Pennywise is coming yeah. at all of them. Um, Script-wise, I thought it was pretty lean. It's, out, it's over two hours, and it, it can feel a little bit long, but I wouldn't cut anything. It, I mean, it all feels kind of necessary. This is half of a thousand-page book. It almost feels like... I mean, two hour, two hours, fifteen minutes—the running time, however long it was—is the very maximum this movie could have been in running yeah. time. I mean, almost—you know—you could have maybe bumped it. But here's the thing: with the source material so rich and so thick and so detailed, you know, you could have made this movie into three or four parts and really kind of keyed in on the relationships and the interaction and the flirting. And I like. Being not the being not the horror expert on the show and the huge horror fan, even though I, I enjoy the genre, I like the coming of age and the young people's story. I craved more of that instead, okay. of, instead of going from one jump to the next jump. If that makes sense, um, even though it was it was done great, it's done very very good. Even the bullies in this movie get some character. It doesn't feel like anyone's just cannon fodder. There's well, no there's no red shirts. That's true, but. Bullies are, they're so stereotypical. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I did like that one of the bullies was, you know, like, if I was to go back to high school, 
we didn't really have bullies that stood out around the school and couldn't wait to beat us up and, and you know, knife us and push us down hills and that kind of thing. But we did have the girl at the pharmacy that would be nice to you to sign your cask. And then when she did, she wrote loser. You know, that, that's, that was how real bullying happened, you know, when I was in high school. Um, bullies in movies in general are just hard to do. They always seem to be caricatures. And, and they did it as good as could be, as well as could be expected, I think. I guess what I'm getting at, here's what I like. There's no body count for sake of body count. Right. In most horror movies, there's a false save. At 60 minutes in, two police officers will show up in a car. What's going to happen to those officers in the next five minutes? They're going to yep. die. Yep. And the, the, the false safety is gone. There's nothing built into this movie like that. There's no fake saves. There's no body count for body count. Most of the kids go missing off camera. Oh, yeah. 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 But there are one or two where it's pretty graphic and they show, they show you know, I, well, I can think of at least one that can show that. Um, uh, but, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Um, oh, I've got to say this. They have absolutely got to rename that town to the town of denial. <laughs> With the parents. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's like there, there's a shot. One of the kids goes missing, and there's a shot. They're, they're putting up the missing picture right over top the girl that had just been missing the year, you know earlier in the summer or whatever, you know. And the whole town is in complete and total denial. And you made a comment, Adam. You said something like um, the influence of Pennywise. We, we might want of, to save this for the spoiler okay, cast. Okay. Yeah, but it's let me just, yeah. The, there's a big theme of denial in the movie. I'll just say that. <laughs> I'll say it doesn't compare to the later Nightmare on Elm Street movies when there's no teenagers left in the town and the new characters are always just driving through and everyone's like, oh, look, teenagers. We haven't seen you in years. And Freddy kills more teenagers. Yep. So let's talk about the scariness level of this movie. It's a horror movie, but it's a mainstream horror movie. Jump scares, frightening images, some gore, not overkill in the gore. No, not at all. Haunted house level gore. Yes. What do you think age appropriate wise? I'm curious because you're a father. It is rated R yep. for language and gore and everything we discussed. But if you have a teenager that's into horror or, I mean, do you think it's appropriate depending on the kid? I think it just depends on the kid, to be honest with you. Um I mean, if they're older teens, 15, 16, I, I don't think there's any issue with them seeing this movie. There's it, no nudity. No, you know, and there's there's some creepiness from some of the adults that gets into some mature content, you know, and some very mature themes. Um, but it may just be. Yeah, it may it may just I yeah. gestured over their heads. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... Well, without getting into spoilers, there's some there's some people that die not by the hand of Pennywise uh, that might be a little bit, you know, challenging for for a younger for a younger viewer. I think it's appropriately rated R. Um, if you had a kid that's really into, like you said, horror and all that, and you know, um, yeah, they could watch it. It's just a scary haunted house kind of movie in one sense. Yeah, if they're already watching The Walking Dead on TV. Yeah. Um, They're not going to see any gore they haven't seen on Walking Dead. Yeah. It's an interesting era we live in. Um, So scary-wise, I mean, for teenagers, like, the Friday the 13th series is usually pretty good because it's just Jason. They're kind of funny and campy, and he's just stomping through the woods and hitting people with a machete. Right. 
this feels like about on that level because like the first Nightmare on Elm Street is way scarier for I think a teen audience the first yes. time you see that one. Yes. I don't know that Pennywise is going to spook a lot of people, especially if they have familiarity with it. They've seen right. other horror movies. Yeah. This could be a rough ride if it's your first horror movie. Yes. There's yeah. a lot of imagery and just, yeah. you may not want to be alone or in the dark. Yeah. You know, I made the comment on the podcast, or before we got started with the podcast, I said, you know, if, if I had to compare this to The Witch, which came out a couple of years ago, The Witch is way scarier, way more emo- terrifying, way more mess with your head then this is a fun, you know, it's almost as fun for me to watch the audience watch this film as it is to watch the film, you know? This feels like a good sleepover movie. If a bunch of teenagers are getting together, this is a good thing that they could watch and freak each other out about and <laughs> mess with their friend that screamed or jumped. Yeah, That's what it feels like to me. I mean, back in the 80s, watching movies from the video store, this would have been a gem. Yeah. So we don't know where it's going to end up ranking in the pantheon of horror. I have a very strong feeling that it could be a new, I hate to say modern classic, but I think this is a movie that's going to get a lot of replays for a lot of people. You're going to see this character at cons. You're going to see Bill Skarsgård kind of celebrated for his performance. And I think this movie's going to have some legs. I think it's very rewatchable. Yeah, I would agree. I think probably... Unless we're just in this big, massive downturn at the box office, like they say we are, you know, uh, I think I think this movie. Well, let's talk do. about that. It's Thursday night. Yeah. This movie was sold out. Yeah, we haven't had that happen since Guardians. Yeah, that's the first time. I mean, it's it's yeah, absolutely. Normally, we've been in there on Thursday nights when there's been like fifteen other people in a three hundred seat theater, you know. So it was nice to be in a theater. Now, this wasn't the largest screen they have there, but it's still a good, decent size, and it was sold out. They were playing it. It's on 4,000 screens this weekend. Yeah, uh, The theater we went to was playing it every 30 minutes. There yeah. were six start times, and usually on a Thursday night, there's two start times. There's seven and nine, and that's it. But they had like six start times this I, evening. I don't think there's any need to see it in IMAX or 3D. Or there's no the, 3D. It's know, just IMAX. Whatever, I, you know. It was fine in the two D experience that we had. You're going to get the same, you know. Although I will say this, we saw this. There were seven of us tonight. Oh yeah, the majority of people had to see it in IMAX because our screen sold out. The people that came from IMAX all raved about the sound in there. That's true, they did. Yeah, so they had a better sound system, and they all came actually talking about that. And I've never heard any of them talk about the sound in the movie before. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that's absolutely true, and all seven of them. You know, we have a good diverse group, um, including Blu-ray Bob, which yes. is which is our bellwether for the common man. <laughs> All of them pretty favorable on the movie. No real. I didn't. I didn't hear any nitpicking. Yeah, I didn't hear any real negativity about it. And I'm the only real horror buff there. Yeah. So. Well, so I, I Adam and I definitely recommend the movie. I Absolutely. Think, you know. Um, Without getting into spoilers, if we have time tonight, we'll try to do a spoiler cast maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, you know, it'd be good to take take a few minutes and just get into details about some of the stuff that went on. If you've seen this movie this weekend and you've heard the podcast, come and leave us a message on our Facebook page. I mean, I'd like to get a discussion going there without spoilers, but I really want to hear what you liked about it or didn't yeah. like about it. Let's Let's hear from more people. Awesome. All right, that's going to wrap it up for it. When we come back, we're going to do our Days of the Dead full recap from the con. You're listening to The Film Coterie.
Okay, and we are back, and you're listening to the Film Coterie. And Adam, we have a Days of the Dead recap, right? Yes, so you've probably seen this already. We did too many episodes. They're up there. We've covered Days 1 and 2. Um, we're not going to get back into a lot of that material. We're just going to talk about the fest as a whole. Yeah. And I want to talk about Sunday, because we didn't really recap yeah. Sunday as well, too. Because that was my favorite day of the whole con. Sunday was great because that was kind of like everybody was chill. It was a slower start. And everybody came. We had a bunch of people come to our table and want to talk movies with us and visit. And it was kind of like everybody had seen all their famous people, had everything signed they wanted signed, had bought their merch. And now it was kind of like go around and visit day. So got a ton of votes in our monster movie mash, our monster mash, which is coming up later. Um, But yeah, Days of the Dead, man. I went to a, my first con, and it was a horror con, if you can believe that. Yeah, and I was curious to see you there, because I'd, I've been to many conventions. Um, I've never been to Days of the Dead, but I've been to something somewhat similar called uh, Horror Hound in Cincinnati, and they're in Indianapolis as well, and they're, they're coming to Columbus. <clears throat> similar con. Okay. But for this is a first for me for being at Days of the Dead, and the first for me being on the other side of the table. Right. I've always just been there as an attendee. So it was a whole different experience. I didn't get to do as much, but I really liked engaging with all the attendees and, and getting to know our neighbors, uh, Captain and Maybell. Yeah. And it was a very fun three days for me. It was very fun. Now, I have attended many you know, business conventions, you know, and I've sat behind the table many, many times, sold product, you know, schmoozed and talked with people. So that was very comfortable for me to be on that side of the table. Uh, I almost had to watch myself because I'll be like, now, Roger, you can't dominate every person that comes to the table. Let Adam talk and let him communicate too and let him jump in there because I'm just like Mr. Social. I'm just like, hey, I want to be everybody's friend. You know, I want to meet them all and I want to ask them what movies you like and I'm hoping that conversation leads into classic film talk, you know, and yada, yada, yada. And so, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. I thought the con was run. There was only one tiny little hiccup, and that was with the movie I went to go see um, Sunday morning. Technical they, issue. Yeah, they had a technical issue with it. But other than that, the con was run great. Um, the karaoke, the, the first night was fun. The party the second night was, was nice. It wasn't you know too crazy. Or, you know, Everybody having a good time, live bands and stuff. You know, A lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. So the thing about these cons is you kind of go into a bubble for three days. The rest of the universe just fades away. Totally does. You're in the same space. You're kind of doing the same thing every day. But these days are really different. And that you pointed out about Sunday. Friday, everyone was there to do what they wanted. They were on a mission. Oh, they yeah. wanted to see a celebrity, buy a, you know memorabilia. Yeah. In case you didn't catch our too many wrap or many wrap ups. There were three groups of people there. There was there was a there was the tattoo group, people there getting tattoos and tattoo contests and body art and all that. Then there was the wrestlers, right? There was a whole, there were some uh, pro wrestlers that were there. And then there were all the horror fans of of the horror genre, you know. So there were all three of those people collided together for the Days of the Dead and it was really really fun. Yeah. Everyone was in a good mood. Anyone you asked if you're having a good con, they would beam and tell you about their favorite thing or something yeah. you should go check out. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. You're in this positive bubble for three days. We had some and it's sl- weird coming yeah. back to the real world. Yeah, it totally is. I made a comment to you. We, we got down the road about an hour or so, and you wanted to get gas. And you know, I had spent three days with people in cosplay and tattoos all over their bodies and 
you know, um, just some awesome people dressed in that horror tattoo wrestling kind of environment. And I go in to pay for the gas or go in to get a, a, a bottle of water. I looked around. It felt weird. I was like, there's a, just like no, hardly nobody with tattoos and nobody's dressed up. And it was like weird getting reacclimated to the, to the real world, I guess you'll say. And that's the thing when you're there, and you're walking in the hallway, just about everyone's got a smile on their face. You can yeah. nod and say hi to people. Everyone's friendly. You come back to the real world, people are walking with their heads down. They just look beaten down by life. If you go to a mall, no one looks happy walking around oh, a mall. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. But everyone's so positive, and maybe this is why people like cults. Maybe they like being in this sort of bubble where everyone's in the same mindset. It is, it is kind of nice for a day or two. Yeah. So I would highly recommend it. I think it's a very affordable con to go to. Um People went every day. There's not yes. a lot there. I mean, it's a smaller con on the scale of things, but there is a film festival, a vendor's hall, a lot of celebrities, a lot of panels, a yeah. lot of panels. And I saw a lot of the same people all three days, so they went every day. It wasn't like they just went one day and left. And what was funny is that we had the Captain and Mabel right beside of us, and they're a carnivalesque, you know, vaudevillian... vaudevillian sideshow. Sideshow, yeah. yeah. Act... And they've been on America's Got Talent, and they've got a national presence. And so they had their groupies that came by every day, you know, that wanted to sit and just talk with them. And lo and behold, there we are, our first con, our first table. We started getting one or two that wanted to stop by and visit every day with us. You know, we had our own little mini groupies. And you know what? If you're one of those, thanks, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I don't say that at all like that's a negative thing. That was very enjoyable. It was fun to have people that wanted to come talk movies or talk horror or talk wrestling or whatever, you know, whatever they wanted to chat about. Yeah, and they shared recommendations with us for things to check out oh, yeah. and vice versa. And we'll put a link to Captain and Maybell up. I don't think we could have had better neighbors. They were both great, both a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I miss hanging out with them now. Yeah, we had three too. days solid. Absolutely. So I'd recommend Days of the Dead, Louisville. It was great. I, I, um, hopefully, if, if things work out, we can go back next year. But uh, a lot of fun. Thank you, Adam. I'll for go ahead and me. tentatively pencil it into my schedule. It's probably next Labor Day. Yep. I would like to go again. Like, I'd go again in a heartbeat. I, I would, too. The only thing that might hold me back is Labor Day weekend generally is a family event weekend. I, I get that. And I was just able to get away this year because of circumstances over the summer, you know. Um, hopefully I'll still be able to next year, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. All right. That's going to wrap it up. When we come back, our monster mash, you're not going to want to miss this folks. 64 monsters, creatures pitted against each other in an NCAA. 32 survive. 32 will survive. We will announce the winners. When we get back, you're listening to the film coterie. So, if you visited us at Days of the Dead, you would see that we were doing a Monster Mash-style bracket. Yes. This is the March Madness of the Monster World. We came up with 64 random pairings of monsters. We have the brackets here. We've tallied them. The brackets are in front of us, folks. They have been counted. And 
We yeah. let attendees at Days of the Dead be the first voters. They yeah. were the only ones that could vote in the first round. They determined which 32 advanced, which 32 fell in the darkness. Yep. Going forward, we will have online voting, and the brackets will be available. We'll post it on Challenge, this website. Yep. And you can follow along. We want you to vote for your favorites. Absolutely. Now, I don't know who the winners are, so I'm just going to have... I'm going to bring up the matches. You tell me who the winner is, and then we'll react and make quick comments, okay? Yeah. So um, I'm not going to go through all of these because, you know, I don't want to go through 32 pairings. Sure, absolutely. But we had some interesting surprises. Okay. We had Cujo versus Black Phillip, a dog, a St. Bernard, versus a demonic goat. And I know I would say if I had to predict that Black Phillip won that one. Cujo trounced Black Phillip. No way. Yep. He had twice as many votes. That was wasn't a, even close. Cujo wasn't even funny. He was just a fired up St. Bernard. No, he beat the devil. And he beat the devil himself. Yes, Cujo advances. Black Phillip <sighs> goes away. Okay, what's our next what's our next matchup? See if I can so I'm O for one. See if I can pick the next one. All right. So this was an interesting matchup because both of these people are popular. We have Ghostface from Scream and Jigsaw from saw these are relatively newer horror icons yeah i don't know either one of these (laughs) i've not seen either one of these movies it actually turned out close jigsaw carried the day just by a handful of votes okay so the scream ghost goes away uh interesting matchup here dracula versus keaku from the grudge japanese horror Dracula is a horror icon for decades. I would decades. say Dracula would have to win that one. He did, but again, this was closer than I thought. Dracula only won by 10 votes. Wow. So Kayaku did get a lot. Okay. This one just hurt me. Uh, Pinhead versus Jack Torrance. Oh, Jack Torrance all the way. This was a bad matchup for Jack Torrance. Oh. Pinhead, we saw an awesome Pinhead cosplay, by the way. Yes. Walking Shout out days to you, dude. That yeah. was awesome. Uh, Pinhead crushed Jack Torrance. Are you Jack Torrance is not oh, going forward. Man, no contest here. Freddy Krueger decimated the killer clowns from yep. outer space. He's Absolutely. a favorite. How about this? Jaws versus Brundlefly. Jaws, huge landslide. I predicted this as the biggest underdog match on the bracket, and I was wrong. There was a bigger one. Yeah, Brundlefly got more votes than this other one, but yeah, wow. Jaws. Jaws trounced by okay. Brundlefly. This one hurts, too. I fought for the security robots from Chopping Mall to be on the list. And this was random pairings. They got paired up against the Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Yes. But thank you to everyone that voted the security robots. I do appreciate you. I have no idea what the security robots are. (laughs) (laughs) They're just security robots in a mall. Uh, Then I'm voting for... I saw the Blair Witch, and I'll just say this. No spoilers, even though it is, what, 10, 12 years old now? Older. The last three seconds of that movie terrified me. A guy standing in a corner. Yeah. And the <laughs> yeah. camera falling to the right. As I they... know. I know. It, it scared everybody. Whew. All right. Here's the fan favorite, Alfie, from She Was So Pretty, which has been Come touring. Come on, Alfie. It's been touring on the circuit. Alfie came to our booth a number of times this weekend to help promote his cause. He was, he was, self, he was promoting his win. Which is awesome. Alfie was the only monster that was campaigning. Yes. And Alfie took it down. He beats the Wishmaster. Uh-oh, look out. Wishmaster goes down. Alfie goes forward. Awesome. How about this matchup? Frankenstein's Monster versus The Thing. <sighs> Talk about two classics right there. Yeah, I know. I, I think I'd ha- I have to go Frankenstein's Monster. 
He carries the day. He had six yes. votes over the thing, but they both nice. had a ton of votes. Yes, both great monsters. We have our first tie, and this one's interesting. It was the Duke versus Gremlins. He's serious. They tied. We had an even number of votes. <sighs> Craziness. So, in March Madness fashion, we went to the half-court shot. Yep. They each had an equal number of votes. We just shuffled the ballots and pulled one. You know, 50-50 shot. Yep. And the winner was? Gremlins. Gremlins. Duke goes back into the basement. <sighs> Here's two titans, Leatherface and Pumpkinhead. Ooh, yes. I would have to go Leatherface, but that's just me. Yeah, Leatherface wins. Good deal. This was the biggest underdog match. Jason Voorhees versus the Leprechaun. There's no way. Did the Leprechaun <laughs> actually get a vote? He got two votes. Two votes in her whole poll. <laughs> two whole <laughs> votes. Oh, man. That's hilarious. He, Leprechaun, got decimated by the man from Crystal Lake. Awesome. This one was a lot closer than I would have predicted. We have the Mummy versus the Deadites from Evil Dead. Now, I figured the con was an Evil Dead crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Mummy should leave everyone in a bad taste right now because of the Tom Cruise movie. Yes, even though my heart goes to the Mummy, the classic, the classic MGM monster, the Mummy. But I bet the Deadites won. They did, but only by four votes. Wow. Mummy, Mummy got wow. a ton of votes, and it was way closer than I ever would have guessed. Wow. Let me say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> Annabelle. Versus The Warlock. I, I've never seen either one of these movies. So Annabelle's the new hotness right now. It just came out in August. Oh, then it probably won. Yeah, she carried the day pretty handily. Okay. Graboids from Tremors versus the Mutants from The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> I have no comment. This was a tie. No, that's right. Oh, yes, my gosh. It was our second tie. And the Mutants from The Hills Have Eyes took the day. Look on our- out. On our tiebreaker, we just drew a bracket, and they won. What was our biggest landslide if you had to pick one or two huge landslide victories? Well, one we already talked about was Jason Voorhees versus the Leprechaun. Yep. The other one that was only slightly smaller was Carrie versus Matthew Cordell from Maniac Cop. Oh, yeah. Carrie crushed him. Maniac Cop only got three votes. Yep. And thanks to Gateway here in town, the Gateway Film Center, I got to hang out with the director from Maniac Cop this year. Nice. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. Awesome. Uh, Pennywise also landslide, but everyone's excited about the new movie. Yep. So that's it. Um, we will post the full results so you can check to see if your favorites made it. Yep. And And look, look to our poll coming up, probably get it up this weekend. It'll be up this weekend. Go ahead and vote. Yeah. And we'll leave it up. How are we going to do it? We're going to let them vote for a couple weeks, then do the next round, vote for a couple weeks. Uh, no, we'll, we'll close the voting on Thursday next week. Oh, nice. So So on the next episode. Yep. Yeah. Tight little time frame. Awesome. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for Monster Mash. When we come back, that's actually going to get us right close to the end of our podcast. We just have coming attractions. We're going to let you know what's on schedule in the weeks to come. You are listening to The Film Coterie. All right, and we are back, and it's time for coming attractions. So, Adam, what is on the agenda for next week? What what are our movie options for us? There's only really two movies opening wide, 
and that would be Mother from Darren Aronofsky and American Assassin. Which which Darren Aronofsky is a he's like a film auteur. He's oh yeah, Black Swan, yeah. Requiem for a Dream, Fountain, Pie. So if you're into critically acclaimed movies, you're going to be voting Mother. If you're like me and all of my friends on Facebook, they're going to want to see American Assassin. Because you haven't had to take a movie in a while? Exactly right. <laughs> I need I, something. Just in, generic action? Just with what's, you know, after It and after watching the TV version of It. And I need, I, I don't know if I can do two horrors in a row. How about that mother trailer tonight? I liked that it was old school. Super I did hype. Like that. I did that like that, that too. Go buy your tickets right now. You're going to remember the night you saw Mother. Yeah. That was a great little old school trailer. I'm going to vote Mother, but we'll see how the rest of the group votes. Well, yes. I'll be out of town next week, so. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes, so. I've, I know. I've got well, our friend Blu-ray Bob, he's Blu- voting American Assassin. I might be in trouble. <laughs> you might You might get outvoted. <laughs> I'll say see you guys. Oh, I'll see American Assassin at Don't 7. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to see all of those. Because um, we can talk about how I can see all of those movies maybe next time. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, but I'm yeah, I'm gonna be out of town next week, and then at the end of the month, you've got your next film festival, right? Before I get there, just because we left oh, a film oh, festival, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week or the next time we record, we'll be reviewing some movies from Days of the Dead. There was a technical snafu, and the the guy that runs the film festival is nice enough to get us some screener codes. So we're going to check think, out movies. I really think that this is, here we are, we're, we're cooking the soup right on the show, folks, so you can see how this process works. I think we just ought to do a dedicated podcast, Days of the Dead Film Review podcast. Yeah. And we'll just take three, four, five, whatever mean, however many links we got to go see, the, we'll just watch them all and mention them all and talk about them. That way we can give these guys that made these, these guys and gals some props and, you know, Plug their plug their movies. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I, I tell you, I didn't mention this in Days of the Dead, and we've got a little bit of time here. We're still under an hour. I, I, you know, one of the things I didn't mention about Days of the Dead was it really touched my heart to see these struggling artists making their movies and trying to get their movies out and trying to get people to watch them. They're not doing this to get rich. Yeah, it would be great if somebody picked up their movie and then gave them a huge ton of money to make more movies. But they do this because they love film. They love movies, you know? And so my heart really got touched by um, the director of She's So Pretty and some of the others that had just, these are passion projects, you know? And yeah, so I, it was kind of cool. I was really excited. So I'm looking forward to reviewing whatever we can review from that, that show at Days of the Dead. It's going to be exciting for me. And this is a reason to go to film festivals now that you're bringing it up because just a year ago, I went to the first ever Nightmares Film Fest here in Columbus. Yep. Second one's coming up in October. But that's where I met the crew behind She Was So Pretty. I met the director, Brooklyn Ewing. Uh, Jerry LaRue's the star. He plays Alfie. Cool and they're, guy. Both of them, cool oh, gal and cool guy. Both are great. You they're know? just great people. And I've stayed in touch ever since. And I was just a fan there. I wasn't industry. Yep. I just We connected there. We've done some things in common with this podcast. And... You know, they kept stopping by our booth, and I'll probably see him again at Nightmares. Well, this whole podcast journey for us, Adam, has been crazy. We've done director interviews, actor interviews, and it's really just been asking. Imagine if we knew what we were doing. <laughs> it wouldn't be half as fun. <laughs> yeah, well, all we do is lose money on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this uh, week's... Oh, no, yep. go ahead. So, sorry, I mentioned festivals. Yes. I will be at Fantastic Fest. This is my 
fourth Fantastic Fest in a row. So I'll be gone at the end of September. I'll be yep. reporting on our Twitter feed. I'll be posting longer, in-depth stuff on Facebook. And I don't know what we're going to do to record. We'll figure something out. Whether yeah, absolutely. Last year was just when I came back. I, no, that was Overlook. Maybe we'll make you take a little digital recorder or something with you. My own ramblings. Or maybe if we could get you to take your MacBook, I'll loan you one of my mics, my digital mics, and you could just... <laughs> the problem is at Fantastic Fest, your mind melts. You see six movies in a day. Oh, that's just too hard. You think it's hard to come here and talk about one movie so, after it. So here's what you got to do. You got to take the digital recorder with you that fits in your pocket. I've got one you can use it that week. And as soon as you walk out of a theater, while you're walking to the next one, record and just start talking about what your thoughts are. Initial response, you know, great, terrible, you know, whatever, you know. And then, well, I do that on Twitter. Yeah, I'm there right away, and then on Facebook it's longer. So I, I yep. instead of talking, I'm, I'm just putting up my written oh, thoughts. Oh, there you go. Okay, then that'll so work. that's in September. In October, we have date or Days of the Dead. We have Nightmare Film Fest yep. here in Columbus, October nineteenth. It starts on a Thursday, finishes on that Sunday. Yeah, Badges still on sale, but they are selling, from what I heard. And oh, 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 their opening film was announced today. It is the brand new Secret Hatchet movie. With Kane Hodder, who was the Iron Man of Days of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Kane was at his table first in the morning, and he was the very last celebrity to leave. He met everybody, shook everyone's hands. Yep. Fan favorite. They've seen him at dozens of shows. Hardest working man at Takan, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, they've seen him at dozens of shows, and his fans still line up to meet him again. So Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you get to watch Kane Hodder play Victor Crawley. Nice. In the Hatchet series. So this is Hatchet 4. And it will be the opening night movie at Nightmares Film Festival. Awesome. With the director in attendance, Adam Green. Great. Yep. Awesome. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Film Coder. If you'd like to reach out and get a hold of us, Adam, how can they do that? We're on Facebook. If you met us at the con, we were giving out our card. It's just facebook.com backslash Film Coterie. We're on Twitter with the handle at Film Coterie. And we're just everywhere. Just Google us. You'll find us. Awesome. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Film Coterie. We'll see you next week.